when you're making very little progress as a new yoga teacher, make sure to evaluate your classes. In this episode, I share the best evaluation method I know that helped me and a lot of my coaches grow faster. Welcome to Teaching Yoga with Ease, episode 9. My name is Patrick, and in this podcast, I share stories, tips, and tools to help you thrive as a yoga teacher. You'll learn how to align your body, mind, and soul, and teach without stress or worry, so you can keep inspiring your students every day. Hey, so great you're here today. Before we begin with today's topic, I would love to share a quick story with you. Because yesterday I went to yoga class and <laughs> I didn't like it. That happens, right? You go to a yoga class and you discover you don't like it. And it wasn't the teacher's fault. The teacher was completely at ease. She was funny. She really established a good connection to us. But that was just not what I wanted that day. Doesn't mean she's a bad teacher. It doesn't mean that her class sucked. It was just not the right fit for me. She wanted to engage us very much and I wanted to do my practice quietly. She was super experimental in her approach and I needed a more standard approach or more down-to-earth practice. And that might happen to your students too. They come to your class and they discover it's just not for them that day. Always remember, you're still 100% valuable, you're worthy, you're a good teacher. It is just not a good fit for them. Good. Today I want to talk about evaluation. The most important thing you can do when you start to teach yoga. And before I share my technique, the evaluation method I use on myself and the one that I also teach my coaches, I want to make sure you understand why it is important to evaluate your classes. I currently coach someone who serves as a good example for this. Let's call him Andrew. When I started working with Andrew, he had already taught a few classes, but he found that the same problems were repeating for him. He lacked the right words, he was uncertain how to support people in their poses. And he basically didn't see any progress. And he was about to drop teaching altogether just because he couldn't get better at it. Can you relate to that? Maybe you're in a similar place where you don't see a lot of progress with your first yoga classes and you still feel awkward and tense and stressed when you're teaching. But actually, there is progress. There's a lot of progress in your first classes. I would even say you probably make the most progress when you start out as a yoga teacher. It's pretty similar to when we start working out. When you lift weights for the first time, it's so hard, but you learn so much about your abilities and about your limits. And with that knowledge, you can adjust your workout and do better next time. The same is true for you as a new yoga teacher. Yes, teaching the very first class is hard, but you learn so much and you gain great insight when you pay attention to what you're doing. And that's the thing, because that's where we don't want to look as a beginner, right? Remember that your brain overemphasizes negative experiences to protect you from experiencing them again. 
So maybe you see how little progress you made and you still couldn't find the right words to lead your students into Shavasana or that you didn't finish the class on time again. For Andrew it was how stressed he still felt during class and how basic his cues were, although he wished for them to be more detailed. It's so easy for us to look at the things we didn't do well, and that's exactly the reason why we don't look at things at all. We're so afraid of finding too many mistakes, plus of course we're so glad that we survived teaching a yoga class that we want to focus on something else and call it a day. But it'd be so important to look at the class you just taught so you can learn from all the things that happened, from good things and from bad things. You can only learn and grow when you have an in-depth look at your classes and see what worked, what didn't work, and what you will do differently next time. And these are also my three main points when it comes to evaluation. Strengthening the good, understanding the bad, and deciding on a strategy for your next class. And before I will introduce you to the subtleties of these three points, I want to mention one more reason why it's important to evaluate your yoga classes. You want to evaluate your yoga classes just because it's amazing that you do what you do. And you don't want to let it pass by, but you want to celebrate it. Now, here it comes, my most amazing evaluation technique. And don't be fooled by its simplicity. These three questions I'm about to share with you will change your life forever. And I know that because they changed mine. And I met so many people whose lives have been changed by this evaluation method. And full disclaimer, I didn't invent these simple and effective questions, but I learned them from one of my coaches, and I know they also didn't invent them. In fact, I've heard the same concept from many, many people in my industry, and that shows how useful and powerful it is. These questions to evaluate your first yoga classes are what worked, what didn't work, and what will I do differently? Now let's look at them closer. The very first question you can ask yourself about your class is, what worked? And it's really important to start here. Because, as I mentioned before, your brain is already great at pointing out all the things you sucked at. So let's use this very first question you ask yourself to strengthen the other side of things. Start collecting evidence for what worked. This will help you see all the things you already do well and all the abilities you already have. You might struggle with this in the beginning because you're not used to looking at the bright side. That's normal, we can fix that. So let me share a few tips with you to make it easier. First tip is don't stop too soon. Once you start answering this question, what worked, your mind will quickly come up with a thought like, I don't know, I don't see any positive things, and this question sucks. And before you know it, you've dropped your pen and you made yourself a chai latte or browsed your social media feed. By the way, I think I forgot to mention that you should do this in writing to make it visible and to work around your brain's filters. So don't let your brain stop you. Keep going, maybe even set yourself a five-minute timer and don't stop until it rings. 
when you keep at it and you get creative, you will find things that are great about your class. Second tip, don't let your brain fool you that everything was bad. So Andrew had this one really dialed in. In our first coaching session, he only reported things that didn't work. Our brains love to generalize and catastrophize the experiences we make. And you have to work against this. Remind yourself that every experience in your life has positive and negative aspects to it. Actually, that's the nature of the world we live in, right? The so-called duality of things. And it's also true for your classes. Yes, there might have been negative things, things that didn't work so well, but there have been positive things as well, for sure. Third tip, and this one will help you with the other two, allow yourself to note down the tiniest details. Maybe you saw that someone was struggling with a pose. And it doesn't even matter if you went there and helped them, if you had a great idea how to modify the asana, you saw that they were struggling, which is great. Or here's one from Andrew that he found when I asked him to tell me what worked. He said his voice was loud and clear. That's really important when you teach yoga. When you answer this question, what worked, really dive into your class once more. Make sure to find as many things as you can and first and foremost include things that are really in your control. When someone told you that they liked your class, that's great, but it's not really in your control, right? When the sun was shining, it was a beautiful day for your yoga class, that's amazing, but again, not in your control. To make sure you focus on yourself and your abilities, you can tweak our question a little bit and ask yourself, what did I do well? Yeah, and finally, when your brain does go a lot to the negative side of things, at least ask yourself, what can I be grateful for? Because you can even be grateful for failure. You can learn from the mistakes you made. So make sure to put this one on the positive side. Second question on our evaluation journey is, what didn't work? And yes, you want to go there too. As I said in previous episodes, it is not our goal in coaching to become positive poly and make our world all rainbows and daisies. But life is 50-50. That's a concept I learned from my coach and I think that's so true. You have amazing times, you have challenging times, both as part of being human. And the same is true for teaching yoga. You will have great classes, positive feedback, feel amazing. And other times you will forget things, you will have complaints or you will feel stressed. That's normal. Just let it be that way. Don't try to push yourself to some heavenly place that is not the reality of our life on earth. It's just not useful. But it's also not useful to delve into drama and catastrophize everything. The truth is somewhere in between. So we want to look at the things that didn't work and your brain will love this because it's so used to doing it, right? But other than with our first evaluation question, you don't want to come up with a huge collection of evidence here. But really make sure to only note down things that will help you become a better yoga teacher. Here are some things to pay attention to when you ask yourself what didn't work. First, don't generalize, but be precise. Andrew told me, 
I didn't teach the asanas precisely enough. So which of the many asanas he taught throughout his class wasn't cued precisely enough? When I asked him, he shared that it was mostly backbend, so it wasn't every asana. And when you answer this question, what didn't work, do not allow statements like, my class sucked, or I was so nervous all the time, but be really precise on, for example, when did it occur. Second, be careful with judgments. Remember that Andrew said he didn't teach precisely enough? So what does that mean? When we explored this, we found that he really wanted to share some of the effects asanas have on our body and mind, but he didn't because he was sharing so many other things, like where to put your foot, how to align your torso, and it wasn't precise only in his perception. Also be careful with judgments by other people, or what you think other people's judgments are. When someone left in the middle of your class, yes, they might have not liked it, but they might also have had a hard time in their life and couldn't stand the intensity of their feelings during yoga class. You just don't know. For doing evaluation, that means try to be as factual as possible. Only include things that are really true or that you're certain of. And that can never be the look on someone's face, by the way. Okay, here are two more alternatives to the question, what didn't work? And you can use those to spice things up. First alternative, what didn't work 100%. And I love this one because it leaves space for a lot of positivity. Maybe your cues haven't been 100% precise, but they have been 80 or 90% precise. And that's more than what's needed for most students. You now know and you can work on the remaining 10%. Second alternative is what didn't work as planned. And this is all about expectations. Your expectations, because that's the thing you're measuring up against. There is no yoga committee watching over your classes. There is no right way to teach yoga. Sure, there are some basic rules and structures we want to follow. But other than that, it's you. It's your teaching style. And it's about the expectations you have for yourself and for your classes. When you judge yourself negatively, be aware that you're only judging yourself against your expectations, not against a right way of doing it. The final question of this evaluation process is, what will I do differently? And that is your planning part for your next yoga class. And it's no coincidence that we put this question at the very end of our evaluation process. Because not only does your brain remember best what you started with, that's why we started with looking at the wins, the good things, your abilities and strengths, but your brain does also remember very well what you did last or most recent. See how we push the fails in the middle so that they don't matter as much anymore? Okay, what will I do differently? This is your strategy for next time. Because this time, this class that you just taught is over. Nothing can be changed about it, except maybe your thoughts and feelings, the story you tell yourself, sure. But there is no use in ruminating the should and could of a class that's in the past. It might be true 
that you should have ended on time or you could have offered more hands-on support, but you didn't. And there's nothing you can do about it, no use in spending time and energy following these thoughts. But it is useful to see what you can learn from it and what you want to do differently next time. Create a strategy so that you can do the things you didn't manage this time differently next time. This is the number one reason why you want to evaluate in the first place. To learn from your experience and to grow with each new experience you make. When you just had your first classes and you think you sucked and you're not a good teacher and you avoid looking at it, really understanding what went well and what didn't, you rob yourself of the opportunity to do better next time. So please, please, please make sure to keep at it. Keep at teaching yoga and do this evaluation process. For this last question, what will I do differently? Some advice. Remember Andrew who thought he didn't teach precisely enough? So that's something he already knew. And of course he wanted to do that differently next time. But teaching backbends more precisely is not yet a good strategy. If you know what result you want to have, make sure to also think of some ways how you can get there. Andrew noted that he wanted to look at backbends in his yoga literature again, specifically how to guide students into backbends and what modifications he could offer. How can you prepare yourself for the things you want to do differently next time? Maybe get some advice, maybe rehearse something, maybe try a different approach, whatever. Now, please don't be hard on yourself if you cannot do it differently next time, if you make the same experience again or a similar one. Sometimes it just takes a little more time for things to change. But you've already made progress by looking at it and reflecting on it, the most important thing you can do to grow. Here is the whole evaluation process one more time. First, ask yourself what worked and make sure to collect a lot of evidence for that you are a good yoga teacher already. Second, have a look at what didn't work, but be precise and factual. It might have not been perfect, but you taught a yoga class and that's great already. Third, make a plan for what you want to do differently next time. Keep at it and give yourself time to grow. That's it in a nutshell. Now, before I close today's episode, I want to share a little about why I love this method and how it has helped me. My first yoga classes are a while ago and I didn't know this method back then. I wish I had known this earlier. But when I learned about it from one of my coaches, I started implementing it everywhere, first and foremost for coaching. I do an evaluation of each client session I have. So whether that's here at the ashram or that's online via Zoom, I make sure to sit down another 10 minutes to ask myself these questions. What worked? What didn't work? What will I do differently? I answer these three questions that I shared with you today and I make notes and I archive those notes so I can look back at them. I'm really confident of my coaching skills and I think I'm so good at coaching because I do a lot of evaluation that helps me become better at my craft. 
I'm not afraid of looking at what didn't go well. So maybe I didn't ask a clear enough question. Maybe I didn't know where to go next in a coaching session. That does happen. And I want to have strategies in place for when it does. And evaluating client sessions helps me with that. Now, I do evaluate single sessions, but I also use the three questions on a full coaching process. So once we complete a coaching, and at the moment I mostly coach in a three-month setting with weekly sessions, so after these three months are over, I sit down and I ask myself, for this coaching process with this client, what worked, what didn't work, and what will I do differently next time? That helps me become a better coach for my next client or for when this client renews with me. You see, you can use this small scale for one yoga class you taught. You can even use this on one part of your class. Or you can use this big scale on your first 20, 50 or 100 classes to see what's working, what doesn't work and what you want to do differently. You can use this process on everything in your life. It doesn't have to be about yoga. Whenever you see a field where you want to grow, where you want to become better, make sure to evaluate. This will help you fine-tune your teaching so you can become a better yoga teacher and teach yoga with ease. And this will also help you improve as a person. Now to really get going, I want to invite you to do this evaluation process with me in a one-on-one -on -one coaching. And if that's something you're interested in, reach out to me and we can hop on a call to speak about the details. If that's not for you at the moment, make sure to do the evaluation on your own, learn from your experiences and grow faster. Have an amazing week, have awesome classes and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.